1: And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: These are the games that matter after years of mediocrity. We're finally fighting at the right end of the table. Now is the time not to be timid. What everyone connected with ITFC needs to show starting from three o'clock this saturday is
2: Desire.
0: desire seb it's almost as if start of the season i planted the seed of editors a ton of love so i could pay it off now so There's no plan, but it's just (laughs) desire. Um, Welcome, everybody, to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward, and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio. And tonight, we are live. We want to hear from you. Joining me to chat through Sheffield Wednesday, the Northern Correspondent, Seb Brown. How are you, mate?
2: Hello, mate. I'm good, thank you. There is a tinge of excitement in the air, isn't there? This has got the, the big game build-up all week. This is what we're football fans for. So, yes, very excited for this one. Great to be doing one of these live again. And, uh, and yeah, bring on Saturday.
0: Let's uh, say hello to folk in the chat. We've got Matt with us, first out of the blocks. Before we even started, along with Romeo and Tony, um, g'day to Michael from Brisbane. Are we ready for the reasons why we win on Saturday? Um, your words, Michael, um, even to Carl is with us. Um, he's figured out how to sign on with the work account. We won't tell anyone. Don't worry. Andreas is with us. Bluey is with us. Is it the real one? Who knows? Um, Jamie's enjoying the <laughs> lumberjack shirt. Good to have you with us, Jamie, Chris and Carl, um, Simon back on already. Yeah. Good, good old Seb twice in 24 hours. That's got to be some kind of record. Um, Antie's with us. Uh, work for Lutterworth is with us Neil's here Stephen wow thank you guys Um, and Paul is here as well worried about Lee Evans we will come to Lee Evans later on Um, keep your thoughts coming in we will dip in and out of the chat as we go we definitely want to hear your thoughts on lineups. be you a town fan or a Sheffield Wednesday fan all welcome here and as always we'll do our predictions as well but um, let's start Seb Um, any key bits and pieces you want to draw out of your Burnley chat last night apart from to say go and watch it because it was excellent
2: yeah go and give it a watch. Obviously me Dave and Mikey chatted all things Burnley. We tried to keep a lid on the Sheffield Wednesday chat and tried to keep it on on point as per your instructions. I guess obviously you weren't on the uh, on the on the, on the show last night, but you were on BBC Radio Suffolk. My overriding thoughts was positivity and we're proud and you know a really good performance and just what we needed to blow the cobwebs of Cambridge off. What were your overriding opinions at the start of the week? I saw it as a pain, but I'm really glad we've had that game now going into Saturday what were your what were your thoughts on it mate?
0: My worry was that we'd get pumped three or four. and I having think in 45
2: had, seconds, I agreed with you.
0: <laughs> and having the, the disappointment of Cambridge as well and um, definitely in mind, um, I was thinking it was an inconvenience. It was great that we reacted so quickly, wasn't it? And then um, not, not having a stream available, I was enjoying um, the radio stuff commentary. And it was like, it reminded me when I was a kid and listened to the game, when we played Blackburn in the Cup in 95-96 and took them to a replay, obviously different situations, but only like same situation, just a couple of divisions up, wasn't it? Premier League and Championship at the time. And you got the sense that maybe we could do something. And and therefore, you know, I guess there's disappointment that we lost, but, but and the nature of the goal as well, bit. Did you guys discuss, did you believe it was a foul on Wolfendham?
2: We yes, we thought it was a foul on Wolford, but equally me and Dave both agreed we'd want Wolford to be stronger in that in that yeah, scenario. Okay. You know, Barnes is very experienced. He does lead with his arm in my opinion. I think it's a foul, but he's a clever, experienced player who's gonna draw on every advantage. And we kind of said if that's a Burgess or maybe even a Keo, it's a strong challenge uh, back to back to Barnes and possibly that doesn't happen. So yes, a foul, but I'd want my centre-back to be stronger. And I'll be honest, as I said on the pod last night, at that point, I think it was about 9.35 and I was very cold. Mm-hmm. So, Whilst I never, ever want if it was to lose, I think part of us were quite grateful that it was going to be a, not having another 30 minutes in the legs before this game.
0: Yeah, I was quite happy we didn't have extra time. And a 94th-minute goal was annoying because it, it further continues the narrative about the mental fragility. But it sounded like they were the best team for the last 10, 15 minutes anyway. Yeah. Um. So disappointing, I guess, the fact that it's Fleetwoods. Um, And we'll talk about um, how they got on midweek because that's very relevant for Saturday. Um, But lots to take out of it and put some of the Cambridge issues to one side, which was positive. And yeah, I think sets us up much better than we might have been otherwise. So good for that. Um, Steve's raising a good question. Is it back or Bakerson? Um, We'll continue that debate, albeit we don't necessarily expect him to start. And Bluey was... Bluey before Bluey was invented, this Bluey. So great to have you with us. And he believes we will beat Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday um Simon's worried about Kio and um, we're not expecting Kio to feature are we um Chris good to have you with us um Chris another Chris Chris Owen enjoying radio stuff from up here in the Midlands yeah um BBC sounds it's nice when the paywalls and stuff like that don't ruin our experience as football fans so yeah good to have Brenner and Matthew, although not a particularly <laughs> successful combination as Dave pointed out. But yeah, full focus on the league, as Carl says. Nice to have the cup run. When you're a League One club, you're never winning it. Um, Good run. Let's get the three points on Saturday. And a start of a much-needed run. Um, Yeah, and Matt, uh, with the final word there, um, concentrate on the league. Quite right. In terms of concentrating on the league as well, ITFC women, um, they're back in league action, um, Bridgewater away. Um, Probably favourites in that one, um, off the back of a another Ipswich team that has got issues with last minute goals but yeah. also common at, uh, at AG Arena um, but actually on paper a pretty decent point away at Watford um, so yeah we'll be looking to win that one away if you're interested in travelling down from that um, for that game um, via um, Suffolk then contact at ITFCWOSC on Twitter the official sports club um, and they can sort you out with coach travel and and we're hoping to have some positive news about the Watford home game in a few weeks as well so keep your eyes peeled ears peeled eyes peeled whatever it is um, about that um, said so we've kind of dashed through the first seven minutes but I think it's time isn't it we've got to talk about Shipper Wednesday and as we said right at the top these are the kind of games we want I know that People are a bit on a downer after Cambridge, and maybe some people are also disappointed after Burnley. But we—it's it, a reset, isn't it? And if you wanted to start a confidence boosting run in the league, how better than to beat the league leaders, right? But we have to pay credit to Darren Moore and Sheffield Wednesday.
2: Absolutely, yeah, totally agree with you. How many times did we sit here at this time of year when, oh, you know, the playoffs are only 10 points away and, you know, if a couple of teams lose, we could close down on sixth. How it, how nice is it to be going into games with with something that matters? We're right in the middle of it. Okay, things recently haven't been great, but we are right in the middle of it. And I think this game at Portland Road on Saturday gives us a chance to really set up the last kind of, what is it, third of the season? I think if we can put in a, a good performance, get a good result, then we could really, really sort of see, see lift off for the remaining third of the season and start the run that we do need to get back in touch with the autos and who and who better to do it against than the best in class which is what they are that's very that's very corporate, wasn't it? The best in class. Ooh. Yeah, the, the market
0: uh, the, leaders, Seb.
2: The market leaders, the best yeah, in the class. Benchmark.
0: Yeah, the benchmark. Yeah. Yeah, the ones who um, get yeah, ten um, out of ten on their Net Promoter Score, unlike some. Yep.
2: Yeah, and they are, and they are the best. They are top of the league with sixty-one points. They're level with Plymouth, but they've got no better, a better goal difference of, of, of plus nine. They beat them last weekend. Obviously, played twenty-eight games, one eighteen drawn, seven lost, three scored forty-eight goals, conceded eighteen. On course for a hundred points. They've won their last six in a row, both home and away. Their away form is the best in the league. They've got 27 points from 13 games where they've won eight, drawn three, and lost two. Only scored 16 goals on the road, so not big goal scorers away from Hillsborough, but only conceded seven, so very stingy and miserly in defence away, uh, uh, away from home. The last six away games have been three wins and three draws. The draws were Lincoln, Derby, and Exeter. The everyone last defeat, Lincoln. everyone draws at Lincoln. It's the default. When we draw one all as well, wasn't it, I it, think. Yeah. it? It always is. I think Bolton did the same there. I think Pompey did the same there. It's just a default result for anyone going to uh, uh, to Lincoln. They are 16 games unbeaten in the league with 11 wins and five draws. The last defeat was away at Plymouth back in uh, I think it was October time. That's the last time they lost a game, and they've only conceded two goals in the last 11 games. <laughs> but still, still come along on Saturday. It could still be fun, you know. Come along, turn up. It could still be fun. No, they are they are an excellent side at this level uh, as were we though not too much recently uh, not too recently ago so yeah I think this is set up really really nicely with two proper heavyweights two clubs very similar in terms of I think you know club size and we both agree we should not be at this level and I think it's a real head-to-head encounter and probably the pick of the games from the EFL this weekend
0: whatever stat you find I will beat you yep Um, (laughs) we'll come to stats later Uh, should we well um, worth reminding um, everyone um, just in case um, fourth placed finish last season, eighty five points, five points off the automatics, and and nine goals as well. So a little bit of a swing needed there, and lost in the playoffs to Sunderland, who who had the momentum at that point. Probably disappointed to not. I think they it was a one or draw, wasn't it, in the second leg at Hills? But probably yeah, could have done better maybe in that one.
2: Yeah, they lost the, the, the game at the Stadium Lights like, 1-0, one, one nil defeat. And I kind of thought it would be reminiscent of our kind of games against Bolton in the late 90s. I thought, you know, under the lights at Hillsborough, there'd be a cracking atmosphere and they would really, really go at Sunderland. But I remember watching it and I kind of thought they were very organised, very, very, not defensive, but very, you know, kind of, they, they were they were sensible and not looking to get caught out by Sunderland. And they get the breakthrough. I think it was in the second half at some point. They get the breakthrough, but they didn't really, even after that, kind of go for it. They still stuck with their more methodical, not pragmatic, but they're more, you know, maybe careful approach. And then Sunderland, I think in the 93rd minute, I think it was, they, they, they get their goal and, uh, and yeah, they, they're off to Wembley and, and and yeah, you know, 85 points first year back down at this level for Darren Moore, 85 points, which is a great season. I've done a bit of research Their their form for the calendar year of 2022. They played 47 games in 2022, the calendar year. How many points do you reckon they got? I've thrown this on you because I didn't prep you for this one. So, how many points? 47 games played. 47 how many games. points? Yep. So, the second half of last season, and the first half of this season. What do you reckon?
0: It's got to be three figures, isn't it?
2: Well, 100. Uh, maybe not, maybe not. Oh, really? Yeah, 97. So, two, 2.06 points. I was points thinking per it would game.
0: be about 100, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, it is It is exceptional form over a, a prolonged, sustained period of time. You know, this is a, a side that is well, well oiled at this level and is really, really in their groove.
0: Yeah, we had, we had Graham, who I think is our um, resident Plymouth fan, uh, Wednesday will rough you up, don't concede first. Well, let's talk about that game um, between Wednesday and Plymouth from last week, a, a big, I, I, this game is pivotal, isn't it? I've, I've mentioned that in the description for the video, um, but that was a very pivotal game as well, wasn't it? Talk to us about um, how that game panned out.
2: It was, yeah. They beat Plymouth one 0 at Hillsborough. An early goal, seventh minute goal from Callum Patterson, who later went off injured. I've seen some chat in the uh, some, some people discussing it in the in the chat there about he went off with a hamstring injury. He did, so he is doubtful for the uh, for the weekend. But an early goal, seventh minute goal, and they kind of hang on. They they, they had forty one percent possession, so Plymouth had more possession, but Wednesday had better chances. Eleven shots. To Plymouth nine four were on target Plymouth only had one shot on target and Wednesday created four big chances and had a suspected goal ruled out second goal ruled out for, for offside as well they hit the post but I think Michael Smith hit the post from fairly close range so I think they were decent value for that win and we kind of were debating on last week's show weren't we what's the best outcome from that did we want to draw to keep them both relevant did we want Plymouth to win and therefore pull slightly ahead and knock Wednesday's confidence a little bit going into this one but I guess, yeah, I think we all agreed a Wednesday win was probably the outcome we didn't want, and that means they are coming to Portman Road very, very uh, full of beans and very, very confident. And they did play in the but, week. Worth, yeah, worth pointing out as well. Like I think us. Big they had, a, uh, they had a Northern away day in the week, uh, slightly Northern for them. And they lost 1-0 away to, to Fleetwood. Uh, I think it was one all the first game um, at Hillsborough. And it was a 1-0 one, a defeat on Tuesday night. He made 10 changes from the Plymouth games. And the plan was clearly to rest a lot of the first teamers, similar to what we did at Burnley. Uh, but the game didn't go as they were expecting. And they had to bring on four first teamers in the end as they were chasing the game. So Michael Smith comes on, Windass comes on, Iorfer comes on and Byers comes on. So that wouldn't have been in their plan or in their script. So it does show they... You know, they, they they can be beaten and they can be gotten at.
0: Yeah, we know Fleetwood are a pain in the arse team, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. um, had a bit of a stumble of late, but that's a great result for them. And yeah, into the hat against Burnley. So that'll be, um, well, probably Burnley will pump them won't they <laughs> but But um, we wish Fleetwood all the best on that. Hello, Fleetwood fans. I'm yeah, sure they're so, watching with
2: bated breath. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> love it Town podcasts I've heard. So we've got, yeah, so there's a bit of narrative. There's a mixed narrative there. Obviously Fleetwood scored past them and kept a clean sheet and it yep. took um, first team players to maybe try and um, change the game at halftime and it didn't work. So that bodes well. Um, in terms of the context of two FA Cup midweek defeats for both of us, I'd say we'd be, as I said I'm stuff, no one wants to lose, but in the context, our defeat is not as significant, I would argue. Definitely. Um, and in terms of the record then, Um, between the two clubs. Obviously, um, we'll talk about the Hillsborough game in a second. Overall, it's pretty even, actually. Sheffield wins, they marginally have the better of it. Um, Overall, in our history, they've got one more win over us. So 20 wins for us, 21 for them, 15 draws, but not great in terms of wins against the last time we beat them. Um, was it the Waghorn double in the 17-18 season? Hardly a classic season, was it? And and Sky Sports, we, we were bitching about this before we started. Sky've got these kind of classic EFL matches. And this two-all draw from November 2017, always with a with the new who last minute is it header, I think, from a when Freddie Sears, yeah. I think, he should kick it in Rose Ed or something. Yeah. Or take it. He tries to be clever, doesn't he? And does
2: he try does and keep it at the corner flag I or think something? In, and, yeah,
0: and he's yeah. and and they pinch his pocket. And sky bloody hate us i'm pretty certain of this there's like a handful of these classic efl games and all of them are us having our yeah i was gonna say they always something. show the they it's always our, show
2: the the forest game don't they the last Forest day of the game, season we live in the playoffs is yeah, in, there yeah. well. yeah. in there as well
0: this one's in there as well i've no idea why this one's in there it's because they've got an agenda i'm starting it right now but um the last win at portman road for us was august 2015 um, but we've had some memorable wins over Shiffle Wednesday. We were talking about the 4-0. That was a, um, when was that, 2007, wasn't it? Yeah, first 4-1. game
2: of the 2007-8 season. Yeah. So that year we were amazing at Portman Road, and then didn't win away. Although ironically, the first win away from home was at Hillsborough, wasn't it? In the February there time, I think Alan, Quinn, Alan Quinn scored. So yeah. yeah, we doubled them that season. And yeah, that was brilliant. That was uh, That's the team with Walters, Lee and Cunhago, isn't it? So it was a front kind of a front three, Jim's second season that must have been. So yeah, I remember that one very well. Lovely hot day that was as well, if I remember, rightly.
0: Very good day, wasn't it? Um, but last time out, let's talk about um, the 2 all draw from earlier in the season, I guess. Sums up our season really, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, but I was there and, you know, I I, I thought going into it at a point would be great because I think at that point we were six or seven points clear of them. They'd stuttered a little bit at the start of the season and we were flying at that stage and, and yeah, we were in complete control. Jackson was playing down the left-hand side and he had Iorfa absolutely on toast for most of the first half the first goal comes that way Edmondson takes a wander up the pitch good bit of skill then a lucky breakthrough to Jackson who slots home calmly and more great work from Jackson in the second half to force the own goal for my offer. and at that point we're absolutely laughing I think we were going seven or eight points clear of them and then we kind of switch off from a set piece and Byers pulls one back two or three minutes, I think it was, after the second goal. And then they are battering us and the crowd are up and the crowd are on the referee and the officials' backs and we can't really cope with it. And then really, really annoyingly, they equalise. And obviously, we all know Michael Smith is a, is offside from an offside position, but given the, the abuse and stuff the uh, the ref and the officials were getting, there was even a tannoy announcement, I think, to say stop throwing things at the linesman. Stop there was There was no way. Be nice. Gonna, Come on. There was no way they were going to rule that out. And yeah, we, we let a two-goal lead slip. And at that stage, we hadn't really, I don't think we had done it that much, had we? But I guess maybe that was a sign of things to come with leg equalisers and letting leads go. But I thought we were excellent for, you know, 70, 75 minutes that day. Jackson, who I guess we'll discuss uh, later on, was was really, really good and and showed that, yeah, they are they are vulnerable to pace and they are vulnerable to counter-attacks. We, we played mm. differently that day. I remember it wasn't like the rest of the games where we've, you know, dominated possession and looked to control the ball and pass it all around. I think we purposely bypassed the midfield that day to, to keep Bannon out of the game. And we were kind of very much a, a, a more of a, a counter-attacking side is how I remember it.
0: Fair enough, yeah. Um, and, and no one wants to go to Hillsborough as well. I was, I was watching the TikTok of Derren Moore clapping along to High Silver Lining, which they come out to. And it's, it's, it's a breeze. fierce it atmosphere, is isn't it? Is. You, yeah, you know, it it's, is. It's, it's, it's strange seeing teams like Sheffield Wednesday and, dare I say, us and others at this level. It's so weird. But um, maybe, yeah, maybe not for too much longer at this level. Let's talk about the January business because it wasn't particularly, I think we probably argued in terms of the calibre of player and obviously the fees involved of the top three at the time of the January window. We probably did the most um, marquee or statement business. Plymouth probably got the value and, sorry, the volume, the value and, you know, the high prospect, but not a huge amount of business going on at Shepherd Wednesday, but it's a big old squad. Talk to us about what happened, what transpired there.
2: It is a big squad. Yeah, you're right. It was simply one in and and, and two out. Mark McGuinness got recalled by Cardiff. They had a change of manager, I think, didn't they? So I guess the new manager wanted to recall him and see what he was like. He'd been playing very well for them. So he was a bit of a loss. He was playing centrally in the back three. So that was a loss. And they go out and replace him with Aidan Flint on loan from Stoke. You know, incredibly experienced campaigner. Adds leadership, adds experience, adds physicality and presence. So it's kind of a, you know, McGinnis we remember was a big lad when he was here two or three years ago, and I guess it's one in one out in that respect. All you've done is upgrade the the nous and the experience of the player. Maybe you've lost a bit of pace, etc. But you know, a one in one out job. And Alex Mitton's kind of a left forward, left winger who was on loan from Forest, did very little, seven stars, contributed very little. So as is often the uh, the case these days, the Premier League side recalls the player if they're not getting much game time and ship them off somewhere else. So yeah, the headlines were. One centre back out,
0: one centre back in. Guess if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is it? And it's it a big about, squad, like you said. It's yeah.
2: a you know they did they didn't need major surgery. You know we we spent the first six months of our season discussing that we didn't maybe get that out and out striker we were after yeah. in the summer, and, and 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 they didn't need to do that because of the options they've got already in the build.
0: Yep. Let's talk about Darren Moore, um, someone I I quite like. I don't know if it's mm. the West Midlands thing. Um, he's a brummy. so um, um, but. I've yeah, there's some interesting Ipswich kind of hoodoo around Darren Moore's managerial career, but as a centre back and, and and I think it's really important to reflect on Sheffield Wednesday defensively as a force, and it's no coincidence that their coach, their head coach, is a centre back, right? You know, six hundred career appearances under with Torkey and West Brom more notably. Um but yeah, started his managerial career at West Brom and, and was sacked following a very demoralising one-or-draw with to be relegated Ipswich Town in the eighteen nineteen season. And then this 18-month spell at Donny, uh, he was... Did you see the game earlier in the season? It, only in that start of the season when we played them. I think we beat them 2-1 and we really shouldn't have. I think they were... Maybe it was a one-or-draw or something like that. I'm trying to remember. We talked about... Is it that pod, our first
2: season back down?
0: Establishing this narrative that we yeah. were, we were big on and Sonny Ben was about the lack of pattern of play. Yep. And they absolutely busters so and maybe we beat them one or one nil or two one or something like that someone will correct me in the chat um but plays the right way doesn't he um and then yeah his last game in charge of Doncaster is a two one defeat to town away um judge in Norwood if anyone remembers that and leaves Donnie in the playoff positions goes to shipper Wednesday in the championship drop zone um his first game is a one nil defeat to Rotherham and guess who scored the goal for Rotherham
2: Mr. Ladapo, he's got a decent.
0: Ready, Ladapo. He,
2: he has got a decent. Record.
0: So there you go. I'm finding all of these things. I'm trying to find, <laughs> you know, the the angles here, but um, couldn't keep them up. A bit of a difficult task with a 12 point point reduction. Do you remember that crazy last game 50. of the season?
2: They they played Rooney's derby, derby didn't they? And it was yeah. three all. Was it? I think winner stayed up, or I think no, Derby had to, yeah get a point, and yeah, three all. That was that was crazy. I've noticed. I think they've got each other on the last day of the season this year. They I have. have- yeah,
0: narrative narrative we love narrative do you want to talk us through the managerial stats he's kind of got a 48% win ratio overall but do you want to talk us through the Sheffield Wednesday stats
2: yeah so for Wednesdays, managed 108 games won 54 drawn 27 and lost 27 the vast majority of those losses came in that kind of championship uh, first six months you know 50% win ratio for them and 1.75 points per game overall but since coming down to league one it's much much higher obviously
0: to Romeo's point here, um, has he exceeded your expectations? Said we were talking about him to Gab Sutton when we were at the start yeah. of the season.
2: I, I had them down for finishing third because I kind of thought that he was under a bit of pressure there given their size and their investment. And to be fair, Chan for the last couple of years has seemed to be fine. But, you know, I always remember him as being one of those kind of hot-headed managers who kinds of... Uh, sorry, hot-headed owners um, who kind of, you know, he pulled the drawbridge up on the investment and was quite happy to chop and change. And I kind of thought if they started slowly as we saw in the 2-2 game back in September, the Hillsborough crowd wouldn't stand for it and I kind of just thought they would start to get on his back and he'd be under a bit of pressure but he's done absolutely excellently, you know, a superb end, second half of last season and they've just kind of carried on this season and yeah, they are they are a relentless winning machine at this level and he has to take a lot of credit for that because I I could quite easily see a world where, you know, if they were fifth, sixth at the moment and maybe, you know, five, six, seven points off the autos, I think he'd be under a lot of pressure I think he might be, you know, one for the one for the chop, but done a brilliant, brilliant job with him.
0: He has. Let's talk about his formation. Um, generally at three at the back, isn't it? And we, we're yeah. pretty confident on the 1-11, to but worth noting this is being recorded on Thursday night and all kinds of stuff could happen, couldn't it? Um, yeah. But we're pretty confident. Do you want to talk us through it, Seb?
2: Yeah, so it's always a three at the back. It varies between a three-five-two and a three-four-one-two. The difference is basically Bannon propping up into the number ten position, depending on who the uh, who the opposition are. They're an organised side or well-drilled side. Obviously, people would consider us to be a high pressing side. Look to win the ball back very quickly up the pitch. When they lose possession, they'll kind of just reorganise and kind of you know make things difficult for us and tuck in and become defensively solid. Like you said, you can tell they're they're kind of coached by a former a former centre back. They'll get very organised very very quickly. I pretty confident on the 1-11. to 11. It's a pretty settled side, which obviously, you know, normally goes hand-in-hand hand with the side who are who are flying at the top of the league. Cameron Dawson is the established number one now. It was Stockdale up until December time. David Stockdale, who was formerly of these parts many, many moons ago under Paul oh, Jewel, I think it was, not it? Um, yeah, Cameron Dawson established himself in, in December and has become the number one. He spent time on loan at Exeter last year, so he'll be the keeper. Back three will be Dominic Iorfa of the 2017-18 Aston Villa Never away. gives the ball More away. Show. He never gives the ball away apart from Villa that day when he fell over and then stayed down as they scored to try and escape Mix Roth on the touchline. <laughs> um, Aidan Flint has tucked him at the centre-back where the middle of the three where Mark McGinnis was playing. Uh, Liam Palmer, 31 now, spent must be his 10th year, 11th year at Wednesday. He's the left-sided, one of the back three. Now, Callum Patterson was playing down the right-hand side. He pulled his hamstring, it looks like, uh, against Plymouth. So, at the moment, he's still not confirmed as being in or out. But if you assume he's not going to play, then Jack Hunt, formerly of Bristol City and Palace, and an experienced player, is likely to come into the right-wing back role. They're a threat Down their left-hand side, the left wing-back role where Marvin Johnson plays, three goals, two assists so far this season. So that might have an effect on what we do on our right-hand side. And then it's the the quality. The three in midfield is what makes this side really, really tick. George Byers, Barry Bannon and Will Volks. Byers has got four goals and two assists, 1.2 interceptions per game and 2.4 tackles. Will Volks again will sit, him and Byers will kind of sit back a little bit and let Bannon do his stuff all over the pitch. But Volks will protect slightly more. 1.5 interceptions and 1.7 tackles per game.
0: He did score a winner against Wickham though, Volks. He's got a couple of goals and ping a long ranger. So he's got that in his locker. He has, we know yeah, Byers it's... is decent as well. At the Newcastle game, was it an assist in that one or did he score in the Newcastle no, game? No,
2: he got really? an assist because Windass got both goals, didn't he? Ooh. And then, and then it's, it's Barry Bannon, who I think Who's... you agree is the, the best... Who? The, the cheat code at this level, the Mitrovic in the championship, the the cheat code at this level. Barry Balance, the best player in the league, isn't he? For, for me, he I think he is.
0: Yeah, he probably. Is. It's a weird situation there because yes, he is, and at the, certainly the the first third of the season, um, he was making all kind of contributions in terms of key pasts, key passes, creating chances, scoring crazy goals, and then he's been in and out of the team just before Christmas with injuries, and and actually they solidified their form Fun. without him in the team which yep. was bizarre but now he's back in the team as well isn't he and yeah, yeah I mean he, yeah, he'd get in any League One team and probably quite a lot of championship teams as well wouldn't he ex-Villa obviously I remember seeing him break through when he was a youngster so um, yeah but w- w- we just need to get Idris Ilmazuni back and he can man-mark him again yeah baller six
2: assists four goals averages 65.5 touches per game he will pop up all over the pitch if you watch his heat map it's just literally every single spot on the pitch i think we described him as a like alan judge for us those first couple of years where there's no no position he'll just go anywhere to try and find space anywhere to yeah to pick up the ball he's created 77 chances this season for wednesday and the next highest chance creator is michael smith with 34 so he's got over double the next chance creator for them. So yeah, the the man that that makes them tick. Here's one for you. If so, think of them as a as a two and Bannon up front, and then think of us as Evans, Morsey, and Chaplin up front. What would be, do you reckon, the dream combination three from those six players? What would you do? You've got to have Morsey in there, haven't you? Morsy's a given yeah. and Bannon a Givens. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, and then would
2: you have Byers? Vaux, it's an arm or-
0: wrestle between Byers and Chaplin, isn't it?
2: I'll see if Okay, so you'd put um, Bannon next to Morsey's central midfield. Oh, and then, to, yeah. I see
0: it as a tripod, but you do, you've got yeah. a defence. You wanted, you wanted a, one and a two, did you?
2: Yeah, one and a. That's, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, two, two centre, one one number 10, so to speak. So you can yeah. have Bannon or Chaplin as the 10. But you know, your, your idea is sound. Yeah, Bannon alongside Morsey, and then I'd have Chaplin, wouldn't you? 14 yeah. goals. Yeah.
0: you got two. So there but you go.
2: What a, what a midfield that was. Won be. that
0: one. Next. Well done.
2: <laughs> Well done. And in well the done. front two, uh, Michael Smith and Josh Windass. Windass kind of plays off Smith. Smith, is he's a, he's a lump ex-Rotherham, as we all know. He's bullied us a few times in this division. He scored the winning, uh, sorry, the equalising goal from an offside position in the September game. But he will do a lot of work as well. You know, he'll run around, run the channels and look to hold the ball up. Windass will play off him. Win- Michael Smith is the top scorer. Eight goals, Windas has 7 goals and 5 assists uh, and when they 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 like their shots away from home Windas is the second highest shots per away game with 3.2 per 90 minutes and Smith is the ninth highest with 2.6 per 90 minutes so those front two will be looking to get shots off left right and center
0: both of them started the league season pretty slow, didn't they? There was a bit of rotation at the start of the season. Well, I think Smith, Smith scored his first goal of the season against us, was it,
2: maybe? I, I can't. I think he had one at that point, but they brought in um, uh, Neil Gregory, didn't they? Uh, Neil Gregory. They <laughs> brought in, you can still find him. They brought in Lee Gregory, didn't they, from, uh, was it Millwall and stuff? He was kind of, and Stoke, I think. He was signed, He was the focal
0: point last season, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, he's still he's still around, but yeah, he doesn't really feature much this year. And I, I, I guess it was between him and Smith for that kind of front, front. The and Windass kind the of himself
0: burst into form didn't he? part in the in the autumn as well so yeah um we're pretty that's what i that's what i predict for the
2: the one to eleven yeah i think i think hunt will come in to replace patterson down the right hand side and other than that why would you change it you know it's Mm -hmm. a fairly settled side now and 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 why would you look to change it when things are working so well
0: exactly right should we do some see what the stats say and i've kind of done it this week as a comparison between us and them um because i think it's interesting and and useful to remind us of maybe where we're better than people think as it's really easy to have been fixated on the the run that we've been on which isn't the best but still we remain a stat leader uh, across league one in lots of different areas um but sheffield wednesday as you'd expect apart from the most meaningful one which is the league table are also leading the way as well um so we've kind of split these into home and in away, way um, just to give you a flavor, but yeah, in terms of goals for overall, we, we lead that one, their third um, we've got 54 overall. They've got 48 and we've got 27 home goals, which is the fifth best in the league. Sheffield Wednesday, actually the most prolific home scoring team in the division, which wouldn't surprise you. Um, but Sheffield Wednesday's goals for away from home is um, 11th best, only 16. So not high scorers away from home. Um, again, um, ITFC the leaders there um, with 27 um, and goals against it probably tells the story only 18 goals against um, for Sheffield Wednesday away from home which is the best in the league um, and yeah we're not so good goals away uh, goals against are we and we're sixth at home on that measure which is just these marginal crappy long ranges that we seem to keep and keep on conceding
2: these stupid um, deflected goals
0: yeah, I mean, uh, we could talk about XG, but I don't think that's going to surprise anyone. We're still top of the league on XG overall and at home. Um, Sheffield Wednesday third on that metric and away from home. Um, we're still the best, but Sheffield Wednesday second best. They got 1.82 XG away. Um, so on average, they yeah, that seems like they're underscoring maybe against their XG. The shots per game, pretty marginal. Again, we're marginally better on that, but it, it's the it's the stuff about the, the possession and the shots against and the defensive stats which probably tell the story um, would it surprise you to know that Sheffield Wednesday have the ninth highest possession away from home Seb only 54.2 percent possession away. yeah it would
2: actually with that with that three-man midfield we've just mentioned yeah that would I would have thought they'd have been much much higher up the table than that I guess we're, we're top presumably
0: I didn't see what it was for oh yeah we are top well done. yeah Absolutely. sorry so they sorry apologies let me clarify they are ninth overall but yeah, seventh away from home. Actually, marginally less away from home. So That's, that's seventh, strange, isn't it? That's, it's that's, quite low, isn't it? Um, yeah. Again, doing the home and away comparison, we've got the highest home possession, which I don't think is going to surprise anyone. Oh, yeah. um, and shots against, we're actually pretty good. Um, we, we've got the best, um, the lowest shots um, against at home. So we concede the fewer shots. We just keep letting the bloody things in, don't we? Um, and Sheffield Wednesday pretty miserly as well um, as an away side on that metric as well. But clean sheets, Seb, that's the real quiz when it comes to fish Shepherd Wednesday. How many, well, you, you've you seen the script, haven't you? Um, we've only got um, six clean sheets at home. Does that surprise mm. you?
2: Yeah, it, it it really, really does. And, and they've won both home and away. They've got eight, one nil victories so far this season. So, they've become relentless. They've become a machine. They 16 goals away from home isn't anything to write home about, but if you win, you know, them all 1-0, then you've got no problems because you've taken maximum points, aren't you? So, yeah, they've just become relentless and they've learnt how to properly grind out results at this level, haven't they?
0: They've played 28 games and have kept 17 clean sheets and away from home, eight out of 13. Um, that's 62% of their matches away from home. They've kept a clean sheet, which is nuts, and I, and- isn't
2: it? As we've said before, you know, goals win games and defences win titles. And as you've said earlier, they are a side kind of, you know, you can tell they're coached by a former centre-back and that's why they are where they are top of the league.
0: In terms of other bits of narrative around the possession stats um, and the style of play, don't expect them to be running at us. Um, They're uh, they're 18th in in overall for the numbers of dribbles per game, only on average four a game, even less away from home. We're actually 22nd. For dribbles in away matches. So that won't be the way that they try to attack us. They are pretty good, accurate long balls, though. Third best in the league overall for that stat. Win quite a few penalties, though they've missed two of them. They've been awarded six and scored four. I don't think we've.
2: That must be yeah. nice, mustn't it? That must yeah. be. Yeah. Do you want penalties? Are? I'm not really sure. Uh, um, we had the FA Cup ones. Have we had one in the league? Oh, we, yeah. We had two at Morecambe, didn't we?
0: We did. And, yes. and Chaplin missed. And, like, sorry. Um, and Darby we as well. Derby
2: Jackson missed it. Didn't yeah. We? So we had, we had three. Okay.
0: Um, and just to finish off the stats as well, aerial jewels, Seb. Overall, they win fifty six point nine percent of the aerial jewels. Not a surprise when you've got the likes of now they've got Aiden Flint, Flint I Smith, offer big, yeah, yeah. So they're they're top on that metric, and actually the the numbers are better away from home on aerial jewels. Sixty two percent of the time they win their aerial jewels. Um so along with that accurate long passes, you know, we we talked about it before. There's a difference between being a long ball team and being a direct team. And it feels like away from home, that's maybe the way they go about things. It's a it's a different skill set to just pump it looking for the big man. It appears to be that there's there's a strategy there and it's and it works for them on that. Um and finally, I guess again to parlay in with the, the stuff on aerial prowess, um, they've scored four set piece goals. Um, and conceded none um, away from home. So Leif Davis needs to be on his set pieces, doesn't he? Um, We're going to take a bit of a break and we'll come back and start to talk about us. So get your thoughts in on how you think Kieran McKenna will approach this one. And We'll do predictions later on. We need to say firstly, thank you, David, for the 20 euro super sticker. Appreciate, David, your support. Thank you so much for that. Um, Very generous. We very much appreciate that. If you're watching with us and sticking around, all we ask is a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. That would really help us out and hopefully um, and signal to a few people to come and join us as well. So please do that. But we'll be, um, we'll be right back after this.
1: Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more to follow. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film,
2: If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
0: So any more parting words before we talk about us on Sheffield Wednesday, Seb? is fearsome defensively, um, But we just got to back ourselves, haven't we? And Michael's point um, here—um—funny that we are top still for goals at home, but still feel we don't score enough from our chances. It's, yeah, there is a bit of profligacy, if I can say that word, about us. But yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Maybe it's an—I think it's a bit reductive to say it's attack versus defence because Sheffield Wednesday clearly have got threat. Um, but it, it appears the foundation starts from the back, doesn't it?
2: Very much so. I think the overall message from that analysis we've put together would be to respect them. Definitely, they are an excellent side at this level, but we shouldn't fear anybody, I don't think, at, at Portman Road. You know, you've just reeled off a load of stats there where even despite the last... Well, what is it now the last Nine six matches, weeks eight weeks or so yeah we we have kind of dipped off a little bit but we are still top of a lot of the metrics and i think we've kind of forgotten maybe as a fan base how good we were for that first five six months of the season and this that they are ahead of us they have the advantage a point for them is great i guess we'll discuss if we see it as a a must win shortly uh there you go yeah so steve asks steve says there i take a point for the hours now Did ipswich feel its win or bust what do you think I've got my views on. Do you want me to go first or do you want to give your views first?
0: Go first by all means. And um, welcome Steve, by the way. Um great to have a Shepherd Wednesday fan with us. So um give us your views on your team, particularly if we've misrepresented anything. But yeah, go on, Seb. Tell us. Is it win or bust?
2: I think it is if we've got designs on the automatics. I think lose or draw and I think the title's gone. And then I guess it'll depend what happens to Plymouth for the rest of the season. But if we yeah, if we if we if they were to beat us at Portman Road, I think the autos are gone. We could be fifth on Saturday if other results <laughs> go against us, just to throw that caveat in there as well. Um, Positivity, come on. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm always the positive one. I'm just outlining the facts. I, I think I think if we have designs on the autos, we have to win. And, yeah. and you know, I think that's that's the way I see it. So from that point of view, yes, I think it's a must-win game.
0: I concur. I think that, that logic is sound. Um, Stephen reminds us they are no Burnley. That is true. Um, but yeah, Carla Green, we must win. Um, Romeo, it's definitely one we cannot lose. I'm not sure we're in must-win territory just yet. Yeah, I'll save my intro, Romeo, for another week. The next big game comes along, or we'll, um, <laughs> we'll revisit it anyway. But um, Yeah, Lee, not necessarily, but we could do with three points just to keep the pressure on. I think we also need to send a message to Derby as well. Derby need to get back in there.
2: Yeah, box. they oh, need to slap them. They need to slap oh, back down. Derby.
0: Um, let's talk about us then, shall we? Um, let's start with... Romeo's thoughts because it feels like the biggest potential headache for Kieran McKenna um, assuming Evans is out says Romeo really hope Luongo is fit against his old club love Hump, Hump freeze, but it's a big ass to expect him to dominate that Sheffield Wednesday midfield what's your thoughts Seb
2: I do totally agree with that. If I'm honest, I maybe thought Luongo, he's in the training videos, isn't he? He's training with the club in the video they've released, which I assumed was filmed today. So I did think when I saw the team sheet at Turf Moor that maybe he's been left out with a view to Saturday to add in that experience, a player against his old old side and a bit of physicality alongside Morsey. I absolutely love Cameron Humphreys. I think he's a brilliant player. He played very well at Turf Moor. But we are going up against, you know, Will Volks, George Byers, Barry Bannon, incredibly experienced physical players uh, at this level. And I'm just thinking if Luongo can do 60, 70 minutes, Morsey alongside him, it'll help him out a little bit. And I think with Evans out, that's probably the route I would look to go down if 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 Luongo's up to it.
0: Would you look at putting a Luco in there, maybe?
2: I've seen that debated. I think that's a big, big risk. If, if, we, if we were, with all due respect, if we were playing an Accrington or a Forest Green, if it was next weekend, I'd have less of an issue with it. Firstly, I don't, I can't envisage a Luko starting because he was done at 60 minutes or so at, at Turf Moor. He was brilliant. The first half, my mate who was sat in the Burnley and sent me a text saying, when did Shawnee Luca become prime Lionel Messi? Because he was absolutely superb. He was brilliant on the night, but he was absolutely done. We've got to remember he's not played a lot of football. So I think you factor in the fitness issues and the fact it's an unknown position to him against the best midfields in the, in the league, then I think that's too much of a risk personally. I'd have him on the bench for sure. We'll discuss the bench in a minute. I'd have him on the bench because he was so good against, uh, against Burnley, but I think that's too much of a risk. I think you need players who are experienced in that position when you consider the caliber of opposition that we're going up against. If it's next week against Forest Green, yeah, why not? No problem. But, but not against this midfield three.
0: I'd love to think there is some gamesmanship going on by McKenna and Lee Evans strolls out like the <laughs> Vince McMahon gif, at, you know, just before three o'clock on Saturday. But yeah, there's lots of conflicting reports. Obviously, we're not going to speculate, but it's he's obviously been missing for the last couple of matches, hasn't he? Or went off at Cambridge, didn't he? So we need to reflect that. The, the other real difficult challenge to me, and it was something that um, we, we possibly observed, well, certainly second half Cambridge, but also... For some of their game against Burnley, was this back three? What's your back line configuration, Seb?
2: Well, I, I, it kind of started as a as a back three. I thought a turf more. It was more of a back three kind of defending. And when we were going forward, Deniston was back to his you know marauding right back roles on the overlap and stuff. So I kind of thought it was a hybrid asymmetrical system against Turf Moor, like we saw for the second half of last season and kind of the first five, six, seven, eight games of, of of this season. I think we need to become defensively solid again. I think we need to settle on a centre-back partnership. I'm not a fan anymore of the, you know, Keough comes in, then goes out, Wolfenden comes in, that kind of thing. I think we need to settle now on the the central pairing too. I would go for Wolfenden and, and, and Edmondson as my central defenders because I still believe they are the best ball-playing defenders we have. Uh, and therefore, in games, we want to dominate and show what we can do. They're the best at coming out from the back. I guess Dunassian is a question mark. He came on, didn't he, for Clark at half-time away to to Cambridge. He did very well. He was excellent at Turf Moore against a really tricky opposition player as well in Matson, their left back on loan from Chelsea. He was a rapid player and Denassian did really well. But then you don't go and spend one point five million on a on a right back slash right centre back and not not have him on the on on the pitch, do you? And also in a in a big game, if let's say in the first minute, Harry Clark absolutely crunches one of their players. The crowd are going to love that, aren't they? And, you know, that kind of thing will really get us off our seats. So I assume it, I, I'd see a back four, I guess it would be, of Clark, Wolfenden, Edmondson. And then if we assume Davis is fit, as brilliantly as Lee did, I thought the other night I'd have Davis back in the back in the side for the defensive positions.
0: Chris is suggesting play Clark further up the right with Donassan in behind. Um, reckon that shores up the right to counter left. So, so presumably, Chris, there's no burns. There's no burns in that situation. So let us know if that's. I mean, burns is be uh, Alex here uh, who plays if Wes is out injured, Jackson Edwards or a wild card. I wasn't really aware of the burns situation. Can you enlighten me on that?
2: Yeah, he was. He, there's rumours that he was injured, wasn't there? From he was limping, I think, a bit at the end of the Cambridge game. Also, he didn't make the trip to Turf Moor. And I guess there people are putting two and two together because McKenna said that three or four, stayed behind, didn't he? So if Burns is injured, then Jackson, every day of the week, he was brilliant against Burnley. He rode that, you know. Yeah, he the, pulled the, up with
0: it, an injury as well, didn't he? Burnley.
2: Well, yeah, did he? It was, it, I think it was a tactical, no one was around him. He just went down and then after about two or three minutes of treatment, he was absolutely fine again at a time when Burnley were getting on top. So yeah, I don't think he was, I think it was a bit of gamesmanship. But if, if he could run that right-hand channel like he did against Rotherham and Burnley in the FA Cup, then. Yeah, why not? Because he was absolutely excellent. But for me, Burns is a big game player. We had some chat, didn't we, in our Telegram group. And we said that, you know, Pompey scores the winner. Derby scores the winner. Plymouth scores the goal. He does tend to turn up in big games. If he's fit, I'd have him on the right ahead of Clark or Donassian. Chaplin has to be the number 10. I presume we both agree on that one with his numbers and his goals. Had a bit of a a a drop-off recently. And then it's the left. Yeah, broadhead or harness. So, again, a bit like the Harry Clark situation. Do you spend seven figures on a player... Not to feature. And the other caveat and wild card you could throw in here is that Jackson destroyed Iorfa in the inside left channel at Hillsborough. So if we assume Iorfa's the right sided centre back again, do you have Burns one side, Ooh. Jackson the left hand side, and just go for it? I don't think they will. Ooh. I think that's too gung-ho personally. Um I think Broadhead will will start there. Um he looked great against Morecambe, wasn't it? The 4-0 Morecambe. Um struggled against against Cambridge, but you know, we have paid. million quid-odd for him, so I'd fully expect him to probably get the nod. And Harness, I guess, will be on the bench, along with Jackson, Edwards, Aluko, everybody else. And then up front, obviously, you've got a bit of narrative here as well with George Hurst, haven't you? You know, He got his first goal for us on Tuesday night, left Wednesday under a cloud in 2018-19-ish, didn't he? But he's the son of an absolute legend for the club. Or Mr. Ladapo, who, for me... I think, should start. He's the man in form. His, his game has moved up levels since we had the new guys arrive. And he's got a decent record against them as well. So I'd like to see Ladapo start. And then if we need to, then we can bring Hurst off. And every time Hurst has kind of, you know, featured recently, he's looked better and better. So yeah, Ladapo up front for me, Broadhead, Chaplin and Burns, the three behind. That's what I think he'll do. But I would be tempted. Yeah, the Jackson down the left, Burns down the right would be, would be fun.
0: Neil saying you pay... Over one million both start. I'm gonna be controversial. I don't think broadhead starts. I'm with Simon Harness. Harness I I like Harness's combativeness. Um and he's overdue a goal as well. I I am gonna keep doing that one. I'm boring. Um, but I like I do like Harness. Um, He was excellent, he did the press
2: really well on Tuesday. Yeah,
0: Broadhead's not really convinced, and by the sound of it, uh, Burnley came on and went a little bit missing and he was missing at Cambridge as well. So I think he just needs a bit more time to re because certainly at Morecambe, it was obviously he was keen to find pockets of space, but we weren't finding him. And I think it's very easy then for him to go missing. And that's not his necessarily his fault, but it's not necessarily he's caught up with the way that we play yet. So I think harness is more familiar, but
2: my concern would be that he tends to drift, broadhead drifts inside, doesn't he? More like a 10 rather than a, a left forward. And I guess that, as we saw it, I think it was at Cambridge he did that quite a lot and that would leave Davis exposed for yeah. offer to bring the that's ball out. That's why I'm out. playing then, harness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good yeah. shot.
0: And uh, it's a really interesting dilemma, Ladapo versus Hurst. Get your thoughts in the chat on Ladapo versus Hurst. I think it's similar to the sentiment from Neil there about £1 million... I think there's a lot of money, I would guess, in the Hurst move as well, given he was the number one target in the summer as well. I just wonder whether now he's got the goal. And I like the narrative point you mentioned as well. It's kind of the Hurst junior versus senior derby kind of thing, isn't it? I wonder whether he gets the nod, but I think the has earned it. Um, yeah. scored yet again at Cambridge. Just very underestimated, I think, Ledapo, more generally. But um yeah, give us your thoughts in the in the chat on that one. We've um Carl has even given us a team. Here we go. Um one and Gold Clark, Wolfie Burgess is back Burgess. in. Interesting. Okay. Burns so long I guess, I guess, longer, Davis. Yeah. Chaplin Lidapo. So f- more of a three, four, two, one hybriding into a four, two, three, one. That would be how I'd start. Thoughts? So, I guess that's, yeah,
2: that's Burgess going up against Michael Smith, isn't it? So, you've got that bit of physicality into, into the back line. Yeah, that, that would, would make sense. But for me personally, I'd look at Wolfenden and Edmondson. I still think, I know maybe they've not been at the same levels as they were last year when McKenna first came in and we were nullifying oppositions to not even have shots, let alone goals against us. But I, I still think that's our best central defensive partnership pairing, personally, with a high ceiling. And they can dictate the way we want to play, especially at home. They can dictate the way we want to play.
0: Um, David wouldn't be worried if Jackson starts, two starts against Burnley were class.
2: I would if um, he started up front just to, just to say that. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. I, if I want him starting, I want it wide left or wide right.
0: Um, Steven's feeling confident. We should be beating that side. I assume the one that Carl has put out there um, is what you're talking about there. Um, should be beating Sheffield, we should see. Harness for Michael does too many blinds. Oh, Harness for me does too many. It's criticism. Does too many blind around the corner flicks and gives the ball away. Interesting there. And but got... he
2: is poss- capable of smashing one in from 20 yards, like we saw against Burton. You know, you've got that in his locker as well. So I think Harness is one of those players you kind of have to accept that, yeah, he might be sloppy possession at times, but he has stuff in his locker that, that not many others can he's do. He's got
0: stuff in his locker, has he? What's he got in his locker?
2: Brilliant. Is that my... That's my be I'm going to add it to this Yeah. Bodies back on oh, the, grass. the grass. And now, yeah.
0: And he's got stuff in his locker as well. Lovely. Yeah. Um, we've got a vote for Hurst. We've got a vote for Ladapo from Eric. Neil Ledapo being excellent, so earns the start. Hurst to impact. Oh, 91st if, minute winner. The
2: scenes, if that were to happen. scenes.
0: Freddie starts, says Michael. Hurst on at 60-65. Romeo Ladapo as well. Seems to be more effective in starting games. Hurst has yes. a very fired up impact sub. Ledapo always seems sluggish off the bench, says Alex. Much better from the off. General consensus, I think we've got here, Carl. Um, Freddie over Hurst, as it stands, could be different outlook in a few games time if Hurst finds his Pompey form. Um, Michael, Burgess, Wolfie and Edmondson. Wolfie could then step up into midfield. or oh, that's a bit of a bit left field there, Michael, I think, to have three centre w- centre-backs. I, would do it in this.
2: I, I saw as well yeah. people were saying that Harry Clark, maybe for the central midfield position if if Evans is out because he did play there. We saw the Barcelona goal that went viral. He scored that goal and he is a midfielder from his, his youth. But again for me in this kind of game, like like a Luco dropping back, that's too much of a risk, I think, against the midfield we're about to be facing.
0: Yeah, lots of Ledapo. Ledapo from Stephen, from David, from Steve. Um, Sheffield Wednesday fan, Ledapo worries us more than Hurst. There you go. He's got a good Even record. More his, it.
2: He's got a decent record from his Rotherham days, hasn't he? Yeah, I guess that's Rotherham's local derby. So he's got a pretty decent record against them. So hopefully...
0: As we yeah, mentioned, we'll Darren Moore, not, not going to be his biggest fan either, is he? So, um, and Matt's going for Big Fred to start for me as well. Totally um, agree. Chris, yeah. Um, and a glorious cameo for her says Chris. Coming on later, we shall see. Thank you, everyone, for your thoughts there. We'll do some predictions in a second. So get your predictions in. If you want other bits of team predictions or assessments that you want to make, also get those in the chat. Just to remind everyone that we are brought to you in partnership with the Greyhounds. um, The premier pre-match venue will be buzzing on Saturday. So do get down there and join us there for some adnums and some lovely pre-match grub um if you want to if you can't make the game if you're listening to this ahead of um joining in from afar then you can do worse than join in the chat in the blue monday telegram match day group um, the numbers continue to swell there um, we're very grateful to everyone who's joining in and making that such a valuable place um to have balanced and um and a broad spectrum of opinions as well respectful opinions um in blue monday telegram free for a couple of weeks and then a a small subscription thereafter. Um, We've got the merch store. um, um, I missed the promo, so a couple of weeks before we've got another promo, so blame me. Flagship show will be back, of course, on Sunday night, 8 p.m., to talk through the game, hopefully with some interesting and exciting and positive overall stuff to talk about. But we welcome your input to the discussion on Sunday night, as always, at 8 o'clock. All the details you need, all of our shows, all of the links for merch, Telegram, everything else blue monday itfc.co.uk um all of our socials are linked to us there as well um anything else i need to mention Sid? before we remind you uh, you get back in your box on predictions no let's go there now shall we well yeah it was back to um back to usual business albeit um, Paul, our member f- representing the Telegram group, um, pipped me to the taking the round. So it yeah, you didn't a, win, did you? Yeah, you just round, yeah. Paul and I both matched with ten points, but said back to um back to yeah third place there as it were. You know, joint you can't be joint first. So anyway, let's move on. Um, shall we start with the chat? Said before we. Um, thank you everyone for joining us by the way and um, do give us a thumbs up we do appreciate that if you're watching and do get your thoughts in in the chat as well and um, thank you to david um, for um, doing our pr for us on telegram appreciate that here come the predictions wow here come the predictions two nil says Stephen. two nil says carl birds and ladapo faster says michael And a 3-1 win I was expecting to have to lift everyone, said, but everyone's feeling positive now. That's great. Neil's going for a 2-1. Chris, a strong 1-0 with Freddie knocking it in, Bannon to be sent off, and then Plymouth, Derby and Schiffer Wednesday, presumably to go into administration. (laughs) Um, Neil's going for his Hearst 91st minute winner with hashtag limbs. Stephen, quite right. We'll talk about this when we close. The crowd really needs to be up for it don't they? 12th slash 13th man. Andreas, bringing the realism. This one has one all written all over it. We've got a 3-1 from Carl. Um, and, yeah, Stevens going for a 2-up two, two front, Seb, and need Burgess for the high stuff. We'd be surprised if we see a 2-up front. Too punt, we?
2: drastic, yeah. We, I don't think we'll be trying that. We, if we haven't done it all season, I know they played together for the last 25, 20 minutes or so against uh, Cambridge on the, on the field together, but I would be astounded if we saw a revolutionary formation change like that at this stage of the season, given the caliber of opposition we're going up against. You would practice that against Burnley first. So they've got a bit of, a bit of kind of you know understanding before going into such a big game. It didn't work at Cambridge, definitely. No, and, yeah. um,
0: and Burgess with the high stuff wouldn't be a surprise, would it? Um, Dennis, our mate Sully, um, hello to you and all the North America supporters club. Um, 0 for a win to nil feels like two nil. Eric's go for a goal first. I'm not. I can't see. It. I can't <laughs> see five goals in this one. Personally, can we I just
2: mention it. as I think we said at the start they've conceded two goals in eleven <laughs> games, so that would be an absolute coupon buster, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, what was it? Uh, goals against?
2: They've been was- seven away seven. from home, two in the last eleven, and both of those are proper long-range screamers. Just add a bit of a a bit of context to how good defensively We've they are. We've obviously
0: not done a good enough job talking through. His <laughs> stuff, <laughs> yeah, no, I love that optimism, Eric and Tim. I know Sheffield would say played two, but Phil Bernie for T will cost us. Heart says win, head says. 01. And as Seb has already said, not an uncommon score for Sheffield Wednesday this season. 3-1 says Romeo, a statement win. Well, long overdue, a statement win or a, a marquee win. Um, thank you, Matt, for um banging the drum for us for Telegram. Made last weekend more bearable. He says he's going for a two-one. Won't be easy, but if we're on a game, we can beat this lot. and David's going for a two-all. Um, and um, yeah, Romeo's asked for it. Steve, one-all says our resident Sheffield Wednesday fan. Thank you, Steve. One all um, Gregory for us, due a goal getting close to each game. Um, Rob, think we'll score once. So just a question of whether we can keep the clean sheets. Yes. Can we keep out Sheffield Wednesday? Chris, 3-1 and Lee for 2-1. Seb, should we have a look what we've done? Let's start, let's canter through the rest of the league, shall we? I and mean, There's not a huge amount of excitement there, there are some big games, officially. though.
2: There's, there's some big games that will affect the Well, top there's six, big aren't games
0: there? in respect. Yeah, I guess Peter Brabolton jumps out, doesn't it? Yeah, Wickham Derby. Wickham Derby. Wickham um, Derby. Yeah. And none of us are expecting a huge amount of drama in those matches. Talk to us about your predictions for those three down the bottom there.
2: Yeah, so Wickham-Derby, we've all gone for a one-all draw. Haven't we? It'd be nice if Derby just take the wind out of their sails a little bit because they're absolutely flying, aren't they? We need just to, like you said at the start, slap them back a little bit. Hopefully, the Wickham that played us will turn up and not the one that got, you know, turned up against Plymouth a few days later and, and, and phoned it in. Hopefully, they'll be their horrible, gruesome best, and and take some points off Derby, Plymouth, Portsmouth. Uh, we've all gone for, uh, well you and me have gone for a, a narrow Plymouth win, and 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 Telegram have gone for a one-all draw. I, I, I guess Plymouth their home form is absolutely immense, isn't it? So that's what we've gone for the for the win. It'd be lovely if we could beat Wednesday and they drop points further. I guess Cooper Scar Cooper, and Ennis Scar. being out yep. is going to be a big big blow to them. So yeah, hopefully they'll start on a, a little bit of a poor run of form. What was the other one that's going to affect the top Which,
0: six? So you talked about uh, Peterborough Bolton.
2: Oh yeah yeah Peterborough on on decent form um, but obviously Bolton are, are flying as well so you and me have gone for for two alls and uh and telegram have gone for a narrow Peterborough win yeah they Ferguson's won his first three on the bounce not he I think so they're starting to claw back ground on sixth and yeah it's going to be interesting interesting weekend because the results here are going to properly there could be some real you know pivotal. movement in the in the top six
0: tag pivotal and we're all predicting as as always that happens this season Cambridge put in a performance against us and get their point and then there'll be turnover by Barnes they won't there'll be four or five now be 4 or 5 there we have all gone for um for a two nil but let's have a look at this and again I I'm the miserable one nil nil I've been looking at the stats all afternoon and I just can't see how Sheffield Wednesday concede, Seb. And that's my issue. I think Sheffield Wednesday, a point is great for Sheffield Wednesday. If yeah. they can commit brilliant, but if they don't lose then, you know, yeah. the pole position. I just think at the moment, I don't see where the goal is coming from if we can't break them down. And given Sheffield Wednesday, I think are a little bit more obstinate away from home and might be a little bit more difficult. For us to break down, I don't think it will be all eleven behind the ball, but they'll be well structured, won't they?
2: They'll be organised, um, yeah, yeah,
0: organised. And I just think we may struggle, but it just needs one moment, doesn't it? It needs a shot from just outside the area, deflection. Dare we say a set piece? We know we haven't, they haven't conceded from a set piece away from home, but it would be great if we could convert a Leaf Davis corner in front of the North Stand, would it? But you're you're Paul going for the narrow one? You're you're not expecting goals but yeah we're going for the win talk to us about it
2: one nil tight annoyingly you're much better at predictions than i am but yeah i mean the head my head said one what and all, all week everything i looked at was kind of a, a similar to the plymouth performance you know it's gonna be a very tight game i think i don't expect it to be a fast start i think two sides will kind of be feeling each other out a bit like two heavy weights in the ring you know trying to kind of feel each other out in the opening 15 20 minutes or so but i've always got to be positive obviously i'm really, really buoyed by the performance at, at, at Turf Moor. It's a shame it wasn't on telly or or iFollow so more people could have seen it because if you look at the facts, yes, we lost 1-0 with a late look goal. Facts. But
0: Facts could prove anything, Seb.
2: But if you were there, you'd be going into this game with a lot more optimism than after the Cambridge game. And I just think that we are still an excellent side and I think we will sneak this one 1-0 and hopefully that will be the catalyst to the last third of the season.
0: There you go. We have to believe, as Ted Lasso would say, believe, Seb. Um, Chris is going for a 3-1. Anthony, welcome. Sheffield Wednesday fan here. Um, Anthony, um, hope Luongo isn't playing as he goes in full-blooded. Um, but can be late and take the man. Uh, we're all Wednesday, are we? I think that's what that stands for. Um, great to have you with us. Thank you, Anthony. Give us a prediction if you want. Um, Lee's going for a 2-1. We've got Aerith and Belvedere FC video going for a 2-0 Ipswich win. I think we'll win, but fear we won't get ahead of them by the end of the season. We'll keep an eye on the score during the afternoon. Bluey, two with no return. Ladapo both. Rob's going head, one all heart, one nil. Sounds familiar. Evening to Nat. Another Sheffield Wednesday fan. Great to have you with us. Um, thank you, Nat. I was wondering when you were going to turn up. So thank you for joining us. Um, he's going for a one-all. Chris, all good records are there to be broken and beaten. Here, here, come on, you blues. Um, win and we go up in the autos. Lose and we're out of the top six at the end. It's that simple, <laughs> Michael. It's all that simple. Um, but yeah, ho- as Romeo says, hopefully Townby Wednesday will be a championship fixture next season. Uh, we've gone for Simon. Fisher's going for a 2-0. Cheeky Bond-style goal again, says Christopher. Only Peacock Farrell is in nets. Um, and yeah, Anthony, um going for that 0-1. Um, record clean sheet? Oh yeah, it? they
2: can set a record, yeah. If, if they click one more clean sheet in the last 16, 17 games of the season, it's a club record for them. Oh, I
0: think for the rest of the season, you say, so don't do it
2: this week. They've weekend. only got to do it once. Yeah. They've only yeah. got to do it once and it's a, yeah, it's a new Keep record. It so. Do
0: it another week. Do it, yeah, <laughs> do it against Derby on the last day. That's when you want to do it. Um, but yeah, Lee, as you say, Seb, if we play like we did at Burnley, we will win. Um, optimistic, as always, Seb says David, like the positivity says Chris and Neil can't wait for Saturday now be a great hopefully it will be Neil that's what we want and build the atmosphere we've got bring your scarves again we need to get the scarves back in there sell out crowd again Seb Um, so who knows let's be positive shall we Um, get your last minute thoughts team predictions score predictions shout outs anything else you want in the chat within reason and we'll put them up on the screen before we say goodbye but we'll be back just after this So once again, thank you to the Greyhound for their support, and um, Innovations Labs as well. And um, thank you to our pre-match show partners, Telegram. We mentioned that. And um, do get involved there. And um, the two-week free trial, um, and then the subscription thereafter. Get involved in the matchday chat, the general ITFC chat, ITFC Women, ITFC Academy, NFL chat. Which none of us, well, certainly Seb and I, would try to understand it. But we've kind of given up on that, haven't we? I'm
2: not. I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. Yeah doesn't make any sense although um, i'll watch the super bowl the super bowl I'll, though I'll, oh yeah yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, drink american, I'll drink american beer and light, and I'll, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah cause definitely. light and yeah yeah get some... i'll watch the video of the balloon being shot down and stuff yeah
0: exactly yeah. right um and the fly past before the after the anthem and all that stuff um yeah merch store um blue monday itfc.co.uk for all of that stuff and um, be back here 8 p.m on sunday um to discuss the game and flagship show. Um, we'll confirm. We haven't got a team lineup yet. I need to sort that out. Probably me, maybe Seb, who knows? And we'll figure that hat one out. Trick. I mean,
2: it, it won't be me. I'll oh, be traveling. Why not? Sorry, folks. You'll get much more insight and much more knowledge and analysis from somebody far yeah. better. I've done um, my stint this week.
0: And thank you everyone for sticking out for the for the duration of the show. Thank you everyone who's been involved in the chat as well, um, particularly our Sheffield Wednesday fans. Um, if you're traveling down to Portman Road, um, safe travels. Hope you enjoy everything up to three o'clock. Um, and good luck for the rest of the season thereafter. Thank you to everyone who's given us a thumbs up on Facebook. Simon, Steve, Ben and Matt. Please do so if you're watching on YouTube. And do subscribe as well. Blue Monday content lands in your inbox every Sunday night wednesday morning friday morning all that stuff and we'll be back obviously uh is it forest green next seb yeah next, next weekend
2: party? forest green at home
0: and we'll probably have bristol rovers content midweek as well so i think that's everything from me um i will put some stuff in the chat anything else you want to mention Seb? before i hand over to you i think we've covered all the stuff haven't we
2: yeah, that's yep, done very well. Lovely, um, lovely show tonight. Great to have the interaction with the chat. Thank, thank you, you so everyone, much, yep. everyone, for getting in, involved. Really great to get that energy. I must, I must admit, I was a bit concerned about positivity and that kind of stuff. In you know, having seen the socials, but as always, the Telegram massive in the chat tonight have uh, have made me feel warm inside.
0: Bring the noise, says Chris. I'll be watching from Amsterdam slash Berlin or another European. Um, favoured European City. Um, Steve would feel like a child at Christmas Eve. We'll get through Friday first, Stephen. but um, yeah, can't wait for Saturday and hopefully see plenty down the greyhound as well. Simon, looking forward to it as well. Um, Blueies, come back. I'll change it to 1-0 still. Freddie Lizapo, he's still what we need. Um, David's getting some merch, good stuff. Carl, um, thank you for that. And Neil, come on you Blues. Excellent stuff. Thank you everybody for joining and Very much appreciate that. Enjoy the show. Seb, thank you for your, all of your hard research hard research hard work and research hard core research i don't know what i'm talking about A bit weird let's A bit let's bad. end it you you can get, you can um, sign us off Seb.
2: Like you said at the start in the intro, this is what we go to football for, to be involved in big games that matter. Saturday is a big game and Saturday definitely matters. Things haven't been great recently, I know that, but we've just been toe-to-toe with a Premier, elect, Premier League elect side across 180 minutes and matched them. There are 1,100 ITFC fans at Turf Moor on Tuesday night and we outsung 10,000 Burnley fans. There'll be 2,000 Sheffield Wednesday fans and 27,000 of us. So be loud and be proud. The players will feed off the positivity. Make Portman Road into a cauldron. We can do this. Get behind the team for the entire 90 minutes. And as always, come on, you Blues!
1: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much-needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.